You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. pray tonight for a release. Thank you for grace, grace, grace. Insight is released. Clarity is released. Understanding is released. Purpose is released. Expression is released. There shall be no contradictions, no errors. The word of God shall be divided precisely and accurately in the knowledge of the Christ. Thank you. Thank you that you are glorified and we are edified in Jesus name. Amen. Okay. So, accurately dividing the word seven. Faith, healing and wealth, six. So, today we are zeroing in on healing. Now, if you go to the books of the OT, you will see many references to healing. And the first place healing is mentioned is for an unbeliever or an unbelieving family. The first time sickness or disease is mentioned uh, was in Genesis 20. There house of Abimelech. Yeah? So, we know about I think Genesis 12 first, before the 20, where the same Abraham, you know about Abraham, when the house of um, Pharaoh was plagued with sickness because of Abraham. But, you know, we have treated this in Genesis series, so please, you know God doesn't bring sickness on people. So, <laughs> anywhere you see that God brought sickness, no. So, because of Abraham, God brought sickness on them, no. Their own deeds brought sickness on them. Hello. Is that very clear? So, it's not God. Okay. And so, Genesis 20 speaks to um, Abimelech. Okay. Now, the reason why I'm not making so much of the Pharaoh issue is because it was not actually indicated what happened before, before the sickness left. All of that. No. In Genesis 20, with regards to Abimelech, it was very clear how the sickness left. Okay. It says in 17, so Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his female slaves and they bore children. The 17 definitely will be contradictory 
The God who <laughs> Abraham prayed to heal, how can he be the one who caused it? So, one of the main things you're going to be looking at is that people normally think that God causes sickness and heals it. And so there are a lot of Christians, there are a lot of believers who when they are sick, they think it was God who caused it. And so with that same understanding, watch it. With that same understanding, they think that when God wants to now heal them, then he will heal them. Does that make sense? But then you see their line of thinking. In that, I did something. And because of what I did, God brought what? Sickness. So as I pray, when he wants to take it away, then he will take it away. And I can, I can say that for most of us even here today, we had that same understanding. We had the same understanding. So you meet people and say, if it's in the will of God. Or they go to a prophet, they go to some of these people and they tell them, well, you did this. And that's why God has brought this on you. You have to do this, do that, do that, do this, do that before you get, you get this. All right. So it's, it's really a very thorny issue as far as doctrine is concerned. All right. So, why were they healed? Abraham, the righteous man, prayed. Praise God. Abraham, the righteous man, prayed. Now, you know what Abraham stood for? Abraham is the one through whom the pattern for the justification by faith was carved. So, right from here, you can see the pattern for me. Clear. Oh, is that clear? Okay. All right. So, right from the word go, when we saw healing in the Bible, it was not a believer who was sick. It was rather an unbeliever and the believer was praying for the unbeliever to be healed. Clear. Does that make sense? All right. If you're a good Bible student, you start connecting. Straight up. Now, the next time we would see about I mean, sickness and healing, we would see it in a collective manner. Numbers 21. The fiery serpent. Numbers 21, 7 to 8. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. So Moses did what? Prayed for the people. 
Now, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. They didn't do any work. They just did something. They looked at the substitute of the Christ. Look at the eight. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent of bronze and set it upon a pole and everyone who is beating, when he looks at it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of bronze and put it on a pole. And if a serpent had beaten any man, when he looked at the serpent of bronze, attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. So it was just faith that was required. Okay? And I'm sure in those times they may not understand. They didn't know it was a typification of man's total redemption. Amen? All right. Okay, so they sinned, yes. But the blessing of healing came by God's substitute. Is that very clear? Yes. All right. Jesus makes us know that it was a symbolic it was symbolic of his sacrifice in John 3 14 to 15. Let's let's go there. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on a pole, so must, so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. Praise God. So this is quite clear. Yeah? Okay. So yes, they disobeyed. But what blessed them was his substitute. If you look at Exodus 15, 26, you see God making a self-declaration. At this point, he was Jehovah Rapha. And that's the revelation of God that they knew. Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. Okay? Exodus 15, 26. Saying, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what is right in his sight and will listen to and obey his commandments and keep all, all his statutes. You know, we've spoken about this last week, yeah? Okay. I will put none of the disease upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. We have settled all of this already. In Hebrews chapter 11, we saw it was not God who brought sicknesses on them. Clear. All right. So Hebrews 11 speaks to it clearly. Okay. So it was not God. But like we're saying, that's why, you see, when you're laying the foundation, sometimes you think that, oh, it's not necessary. Okay, but it's so key. All right? So now you see that they were speaking from a distance. Not, not having a full revelation of God. So there were certain things they would attribute to who? To God. That God never did. Is that very clear? Yes. Okay. All right. So this is self-declaration by Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who keeps sickness away from you. So we can see God declaring himself as the one who takes sickness away from them. Is that very clear? 
Alright? So it tells you that sickness cannot be from God. How can he be the one who takes sickness away from you and also brings sickness upon you? But we know his character from the beginning. Everything he does is what? Good. Alright? We see the same in Exodus 23-26. Now from there you see a lot of individual healings. And in the OT, so you can check the following. I'm not going to go into them. So write them down. First Kings 17, 17 to 24. Second Kings 4, 18 to 37. Second Kings 5, 1. Isaiah 38, Ezekiah's sickness. You know. And in all of these instances, we see God stepping in to heal. God stepping in to do what? To heal. So it clearly establishes the fact that God is a healer. So from the first time we saw sickness, we also saw God as the healer of sicknesses. Is that very clear? So, like I said from the beginning, the issues are that, does he make them fall sick before he heals them? Or does he want to heal them at all? Okay. And you have churches, I mean, a lot. I mean, if you talk to your friends, your, your families, they will tell you that, well, you know, let me, let me give you an example. If somebody passes today, Because they were sick. And you go there and you start saying that, oh. No, they, you meet them and they are crying. And they are saying, God has taken our mother away. Hello? Is it new? Oh. Am I speaking to us? Is it new? Okay. Now, and you step in to say that, no, it was not God. Tell me what you think is going to happen. It's going to be very challenging for them. And they would actually think that you are rather not sensitive. Okay. They'll say you are not sensitive. But listen to me. Meanwhile, it's a very serious thing that can hurt their faith so badly from them. Now, what you need to do is to just console them. After some time, you call them and have a one-on-one word with them. Because, you see, when a lie is perpetuated for a long time, it seems to be the truth. 
And, and when you are rather saying the truth, it is looked at as the lie. As the lie. <laughs> okay. So, the issues, like I said, are very clear. Does he make them fall sick before he heals them? Or does he want to heal them at all? Psalm 103. Verse 1 to 3. Bless or affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest, in other words, within me. Bless his holy name. In other words, you are affectionately from deep within. Emphasis. Bless, affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not one of or all of his benefits are those cadeas who forgives every one of all your iniquities who heals each one of all your diseases so the psalmist here makes us realize that there are benefits that come from God Healing is one of them. Did you hear what I just said? So, he was actually telling them, forget not what? His benefits. So, healing is meant to be a benefit from God for his people. Now, one of the things I also want to clarify is this. Whenever we hear sickness, we shouldn't think it is spiritual. I don't mean that sickness cannot be caused by evil spirits. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that sicknesses don't occur in the spirit. Clear. It can only be seen on the body of a human being. Did you hear what I just said? So even if it was induced by a spirit, you would only see it on the body. Is that very clear? Oh, is that very clear? Angels don't get sick. <laughs> Demons don't get sick. Are you getting the point? So, so it, 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 you must be clear about that. So wherever you would find sickness, there must be what? A human what? Body. Get it? Is that very clear? Okay. So, if that's the case, we have to go back to where it all happened. Now, listen to me very carefully. If everybody here 
gets to understand this. Sickness will be far away from you. You know, when we talk about the word washes, the word cleanses, we don't understand. The word is not omu. Neither is it parazum. The washing of the word is your mind. And what it does is that it washes all the toxic in your mind. Your mind is the world you live in. So as it washes it off and away, it begins to create a new world for you to live in. The new world of the new creation realities. <laughs> so you see, every time you come and you listen like this, and you go home, it is washing away. Very soon, healing and health will be the world you live in. So, Definitely would have to go back to Genesis and we'll go back to the law of Genesis. Clear. Genesis 121 where it says that he created everything according to what? His kind. According to his kind. So it is very clear that after the fall, we took a kind of body. Now, the first thing we must ask is, what body, what kind of body did God make for man? Genesis 1.31 And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. The word good there is the word tov, which means best. Which also means perfect. Oh, hello. And he approved it completely. Do you understand it? He sealed it. That's what it means. Look at First Timothy 4.4. 4. For everything God has created is what? Good, and nothing is to be thrown away or refused if it is received with thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. So now let's go to Genesis 2-7 and see what God created that was good. That was perfect. That was suitable. That was pleasant. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath or the spirit of life and man became a living being. Hello. So, 
here, God created man and man had a body that was what? Good. Oh, are you here with me? Yes. So let's go to Genesis 2, 16, 17. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and blessing and calamity you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Hello. So, man was good. His body was good. Until man decided to eat of what he has been told not to eat. So, you see where sickness comes in. Even now, when you eat something you are not supposed to eat, what happens? You get sick. Oh, praise God. Are you getting the point? Yes. I'm just saying literal now. But you all know what they ate. So, man was not made mortal nor immortal. Man by his own free will, would have to now choose whether he's going to have a body filled with the life of God or a body filled with himself. Because there cannot be a middle ground. It is either man has the life of God and therefore the container is filled with God's life or Man is on his own and he will have his own body without God. Now listen to me very carefully. Man was standing between two gods. Mortality and immortality. So the moment he chooses mortality, he has not immortality. The moment he chooses immortality, then he is in mortality. And all of that by his own free will. Clear. Immortality. No. No, he is in he is in mortality. No. I said if he chooses more uh, mortality he is in mortality. He's in immortality. Yes. Oh, you were confused? Okay. So, 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 so that's it. So, what it is is that the moment man chose mortality, man choose self, their body would have to die. Because the body is without immortality. Immortality is eternal life. Mortality is a life that is temporary. 
Okay, I'm going to explain something to you and you, you'll be amazed. So that for some people who think that, okay, how do you think that me, I have to receive Christ before? Because I've received the breath of God. That is a life. Eternal. But that's why they tell you I'm also God. They see a table and they say the table is God. Because for people, if you have God's breath also in you, you also, you have life. But you know, Jesus did something. Jesus breathed upon his disciples. When he sent them out. But the breathing he breathed on them was to give them power to heal. <laughs> so it was not that to be born again. Are you getting the point? It was for a performance of an assignment. Just like in the olden days, God could come upon them by his spirit and live. So it tells you that God can give you a dimension of the spirit for an assignment. But, and that's why when we talk about the regenerate spirit, it's a serious thing. It's a whole serious thing. What, what that means now is that you have the fullness of God inside of you. Are you getting it now? So it's not to do one assignment or to know. It's a big thing. All right. So, I mean, so look at man from here. Look at man from here. That's why if you're a pastor and you want to get heart attack, it's on your own. Because look at God. He told them exactly, oh, they still ate. Are you here? Hmm? He told them what to do and what not to do. It was straightforward. Kept telling them. They decided, I don't care. So if God doesn't force, who is the pastor? Oh, now tell me, what can you do? So you see that sometimes you think that, oh, the pastor is not powerful. He should be, the moment the pastor speaks, they will do it. Even God spoke, they didn't. He didn't pass through anybody. He himself. No. <laughs> so, all the pastor can do is to keep praying, keep teaching, keep preaching, keep counseling. God does not force people against their will. So here we see that 
The body that man received was not in the original plan. Clear. The body that man received from the fall came out of his own choice. Oh, hello? Sin was not part of the plan. That's why Romans 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, a sin came into the world through one man, and death as the result of sin. So death spread to all men, no one being able to stop it or to escape its power, because all men sinned. How did they sin? They took on the nature of Adam. The body of Adam. The mindset of Adam. Hello. Is that very clear? First Timothy 2, 14 also speaks to what happened. And Adam was not deceived. But the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So it came out of disobedience. Man disobeyed. Alright, James 1.17 clears it for us. Every good and every perfect gift is from God. So it tells you that man's sickness came from man. Hello. Is that very clear? And it says, it comes from the father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So God cannot give sickness and then take sickness. <laughs> God cannot curse and then take the curse away. God cannot kill and also make what? Alive. That's no God. Praise God. So what happens to man's body? Genesis 3, 16 to 17. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be by thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and had eaten of the tree, you know, believed in yourself. Hello? Of which I commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of your life. So we can see the consequence of sin. Yeah? So God did not make a sick body. It was a procreation of Adam's transgression. It was a procreation of Adam's word transgression. Okay? Let's look at this story in John 9-2. One of, one of my very, I, I really, 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 it gives a lot of insight. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he should be born blind? 
It tells you their mentality. It tells you that you and the Jews believe alike. I, I, there is a commonality between African traditional religion and the Jewish religion, true or false. That's why the Gans say they came from where? Israel. Yes. So, 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 the, you, I mean, so somebody is born with a kind of a defect and you see all kinds of things. They'll have to take them to the fetish priest. They said there's something that the parents have done. They'll have to sprinkle something on them. Oh, hey, hey, hey are you here? <laughs> All right. Okay, so look at Jesus. Jesus will correct the, the, the mentality. Jesus answered, It was not that this man or his parents sinned. Watch it. But he was born blind in order that the workings of God should be manifested. In other words, displayed and illustrated in him. He said, when God sees that situation, God corrects it. Is that very clear? Yes, in order. So what it means is that this actually meets God's deliverance. No, that, no, 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 no. So, so that, no, and I've, I've, I've corrected this thing. So I thought that I would pass over it. Because I've spoken to this thing, yes, before. One of the Fridays, I spoke to it. You know, so listen to me very, it doesn't mean, that's why some people say that it happens so that, that's why when some people get trouble, they said, God did it so that. No, you, you found your trouble. You see, you did something wrong. And the consequence of what you did came upon you. But then God is ready to show you mercy. If you say, God, deliver me from it, and God shows you mercy, you did it, and God showed you mercy. It's not that God did it so that you will find mercy. You are crediting God with what he did not do. Is that very clear? So there was a problem with the birth of the child. But then God says, what I do is to help situations. Praise God. So that's what God does. We must work the works of him who sent me and be busy with his business while it is day. Praise God. Do you get the point? So he tells us the work of God. What is the work of God? The work of God is to do good. God's work that he is busy about is to bring human beings into his original plan. Into his original intention for them. His plans for us are what? Good. To bring us to the expected end. I 
I like the five. As long as I am in the world, I am the world's light. So he's telling you his character. Wherever he is, light will be there. Darkness has no place. Praise God. Is that very clear? I love the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can see that the only time after the fall God gave body to a man was the second Adam Christ. Clear? I said the only time after the fall that God gave body to a man was the second Adam, Jesus. Every human being took from the first Adam the body. It is only Christ, hello, that God gave what? A body. Before his death, he was carrying God's body until the day sin was put upon him. So he was carrying the body that's why, you see, for most of you, you think that to get tired is from Adamic body. No. I've taught this already in the Genesis. It, it, was, it was a body that would be on earth that could fade away, but it will feel the pressures of this earth. Are you getting the point? If it is tempted, it can be tempted to sin to now come into the Adamic body because it still had the power of what? Choice. Did you, did you get it now? Because it is the power of choice that brings you into the Adamic body or continue to live in the God body. He went till he went on the cross, and on that day, when our sins were laid on him, he became mortal. So, in that three days, three nights, he was a full human being. That's why we say God was hundred. Jesus was hundred percent God and hundred percent man. So he never chose to sin. That's why he was tempted at all points, but he did not sin. Hey, are you here with me? So you see, under the Old Testament, we see that God healed the sick before the law and also during the law. True or false? Okay, so I brought you to the first time healing happened. That was not in the law, before the law. You saw God healing in Numbers 21, yeah? Okay, collectively, under the law. 
So both in the law and also in the grace dispensation before the law, God was healing. Clear. All right. Let's look at Jesus. We have been able to define the office of Jesus. I've gone that with, with you. All right. And you know how he suffered three days, three nights. Yeah. Okay. And then the glory that will follow as God's revelation. Clear. All right. So let's look at Hebrews 1 3. Hebrews 1 3. He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being the outraying or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Clear. Upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and redundance of guilt, he sat at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Praise God. Okay, let's look at his incarnation. Look for uh, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So he's the very expression of God. He is the very expression of God. So he is what God wanted us to be. And when he speaks, he speaks everything of God's intention and God's action. Did you hear what I just said? He speaks of God's intention and his word Action. What God has in mind and what God also what does. So in Christ, we see the very reality of God and how God wants us to be. He planned for us to be and we ruined it. Okay? Clear. All right? So, I'm the, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is also the light. Oh, are you here? John 5, 19. Jesus said to them, I said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own, own accord, but he is able to do only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way. Praise God. So you can see <laughs> he was walking in the very image of God. Kadosh Azaz. Amazing. So Jesus gives us a very clear picture of what the Father's character and work is. Clear? Oh, clear. Now, why are we looking at this? Because when we see what Jesus says and does, it will bring us to what the Father also does and what his character is. He says that he only does what he sees the father what? Doing. 
So if we're going to see right now, and we see that Jesus was healing, it tells you that that is what the Father does. If we never saw Jesus bringing sickness on a person, then it tells you that the Father does not bring sickness on a person. Oh, clear. Is the word washing. All right. Look at John 1, 18. No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique son or the only begotten God are who is in the bosom. In other words, in the intimate presence of the father, he has declared him. He has revealed him and brought him out where he can be seen. He has interpreted him and he has made him known. So Jesus has interpreted God, shown us his character, revealed him to us. We know God by Christ. <laughs> That's why I say he has declared him. Alright, so look at when he spoke about his assignment. Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. Claire, he was speaking to Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah 61. Isaiah mentioned that he was to come and then he was to take vengeance, the day of vengeance. When Jesus got there, he closed the book. He doesn't do that. That is not in his character. Are you getting the point? So he said, no, 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 Isaiah, that one is not me. Okay? When he finished, he said, this was spoken concerning what? Me. So what was not spoken concerning him, he did not repeat it. He did not read it out. Are you getting the point? Okay. <laughs> Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Now, the word broken hearted when translated from the Septuagint, okay, is from the word perfect participle, trow. Trow. Used for the word feeble. Those who are very sick. Very sick. If you know what the Septuagint is, you know. 
the translation from Hebrew to what? The Greek. That's called the Septuagint. Yes, so the translation from the Hebrew into what? The Greek is called what? The Septuagint. Is that very clear? (laughs) Okay. All right. So, like I said, watch the character. Watch his assignment. He came to make sure that those who are very, very sick, feeble, the broken heart, are you getting the point? To be healed. Wow. Wow. That's why he didn't mention the day of vengeance. Because it will be contradictory to his ministry and to his assignment. Then that would have mean men, sorry, that he is the one that puts sickness on people to take vengeance. He punishes people with sickness. But no, he is the one that heals them. Praise God. But he's not the one that puts it on them. Amazing God. Look at Luke 4, 35 to 39. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent, muzzled, gagged, and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown the man down In their midst, he came out of him without injuring him in any possible way. And they were all amazed and said to one another, what kind of talk is this? Watch this. For with authority and power, he commands the foul spirits and they come out. And a rumor about him spread into every place in the surrounding country. Then he arose and left the synagogue and went to Simon Peter's house. (laughs) Now Simon Peter's mother-in-law was suffering in the grip of a burning fever. And they pleaded with him for her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever. And it left her. And immediately she got up and began waiting on them. Now, you see what your problem would have been? Fever. What is fever? (laughs) You think that in those days they had cure for fever? So you see, that's actually your, you are interpreting it in today's term. When they have had cure for fever. In those times, you don't have a cure for fever. It was a serious thing. And everybody knew you have fever, you are about to die. <laughs> it was like a terminal disease. 
he stood over her and rebuked the fever. The word rebuke there is the word ephitimism. Ephitimism. It is a word used to confront an oppressor or something that was wrong. Watch this. So Jesus saw sickness as an oppressor. We're going to go into this. <laughs> Jesus. Listen to me very carefully. Because it is something that was not supposed to be there. That found it, its place because of the will of man. So anytime Jesus sees sickness, oh my God. It is like something that is, it's, I, where did you come from? You are an interrupter. You are rebellious. You are a tyrant. Are you getting the point? And you don't deserve to be here. So it's like, I will deal with you and get my people free. So just like he would do with an evil spirit is the same way he dealt with sicknesses and diseases. You, he rebuked it. You rebuke people. Oh, you don't get it. When you are talking to people, it is people you rebuke. Jesus sees sickness like a person who is a tyrant. Jesus sees sickness like somebody who is an, like a person. Acts 10.38 how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went about doing good and in particular curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. Listen to me, sickness was one of the things that Jesus never gave his face. Never. Never. Anywhere you see a sickness that has taken over somebody for several years, Evil spirits have taken over. And the people have adjusted to it. Listen, I'm not joking. 
The word oppressed used there is the word used for tyrants. Those who are illegal somewhere who are who forcefully dominate people. Oh yes. The word oppressed is the word let me let me I have to mention it and uh, 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 spell it. I can't mention it. That's it. I mean, listen to me. This it you know so so it is it is he he sees sickness like Idi Amin. Yeah. You know how somebody called Idi Amin's money called the finance minister and said, hey, what's happening to our money? Said, our money is like a toilet paper. You call uh, Uganda money straight away. Go and die. That's a tyrant. That's a tyrant. Listen to me very carefully. And Sickness is a bully. And so when you come and see me in my room and I am dealing with sickness, I see it as an oppressor. And you see me shouting and, sh- and nobody understands. Sometimes my children, they don't understand. You, and I'm shouting. I say, you have no place. And let, you are getting out. This body functions well. I walk in that power, in that authority. And listen to me. I don't... Because until you treat it that way, it takes space. And that's how people get these sicknesses and then it becomes chronic because you cajole it. Haven't you realized that? Oh, my BP. Oh, my this. Hmm, it has come. You, You cajole it. If you look at the words... Jesus used for sickness. You can't say he put sickness on people. It's not possible. He sees sickness as an enemy. Jesus. You're going to see something and it will shock you. And you see how good this God is. Luke 13, look at 11 to 16. And there was a woman there who for 18 years had had an infirmity caused by a spirit. A demon of sickness. Did you hear that? She was bent completely forward and utterly unable to straighten herself up. Or to look upward. And when Jesus saw her. 
he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are released from your infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was made straight. And she recognized and thanked and praised God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. So come on those days and be cured. And not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord replied to him saying, you play actors, hypocrites. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it out to water it? Jesus is telling them something. I own these people. I created them. The way you free your donkeys on the Sabbath day that's the same way I'll free them from an oppressor. That's the same way. That's the same way. So that's why he said, and ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, do you get it? Whom Satan has kept bound for 18 years, be loose from his bond on the Sabbath day. Listen to me. Long-standing sicknesses are Satan-induced. Yeah. You don't adjust. Listen to me. I said don't adjust. Don't. Don't. He used the word infirmity, which is a consistent word used for sickness. It is also used for being deaf, dumb, blind, whatever. Okay? It's the word asthenia. Asthenia. The root word describes something done well, but was damaged. It means it's not meant to be like that. I told you, I said, by the time I finish this, you can't, sickness cannot be close. You know, I have, by God's grace, many people have been healed under my ministry. But one of the things I've realized is that when people are healed, listen to me, they think it's a joke. In their mind, watch, watch what this. In their mind, they think it was not that serious. Hey, 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 are you here with me? Yes, 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 yes. That's, in their, that's what they think in, in their mind. Oh, it was not that serious. Because if they look at what was happening and how instantly they were healed they think oh it couldn't have been serious yeah they think and 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 and, and, and <laughs> jesus 
And, and the devil always makes them feel that they need a better treatment from scientific medicine. Oh, true or false? So, in the, look, listen to, I'm talking, I'm, I'm dealing, I said, let the word wash. Because, listen, in the back of their mind, in the world they are living in, they have rated scientific medicine above divine health and healing. That is why it is called disease. You have never thought about it. It takes away your ease. It is not meant to be there. Humanity, man was made in ease. Sickness has diseased man. So this is Jesus right there showing us what God does. He's demonstrating the willingness of divinity to heal sicknesses. To bring correction to what God did so well. Perfect. Who else can show us this apart from God himself. <laughs> Look at John 21, 25. John uses what we call hyperbole. And there are also many other things Jesus did. If they should all be recorded one by one in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain or have room for the books that would be written. He says, if we have to talk about the healings of Jesus... So he's telling us that there was so much that was not recorded. Yes, that was not recorded. That's, I mean, in the book. In the book. In the book. As a matter of fact, Josephus. One of the early church writers, he's, he's one of the guys who is really quoted by, I mean, everybody. Because he was conk. I 
He said, actually, when it comes to healings, forget. This is what he said. He said, healings recorded in the Bible was a small fraction. He said, was a small fraction. So, he healed so much that they couldn't put everything there. And that's why, you see, we are treating accurately dividing scriptures. Because, you see, when people want to hide under that doctrine of God putting punishment on sickness, they go to the Old Testament. (laughs) And then they go and pick scriptures to back that doctrine. It's a lie from the devil. Watch this. If Jesus could heal so much in three and a half years, why wouldn't he do it today? For three and a half years, John says if he has to be written in the Bible, Even the whole world can't contain it. And you are telling me that until today, he has stopped healing. Maybe, unless you doubt he came in the flesh. But I think right here, we can see the very purpose of the eyewitness account. True or false? We'll end here for today. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth.